This is the EPLOG audio experience. Hello and welcome to Hit The Road. This is India's number one podcast for all you cycling and triathlon enthusiasts. I am Rohan Thakar and it's good to be back with another breaking episode. I with me Devesh Nihalni. The reason why Devesh is here is because I received a number of requests on how to get your nutrition right or how to get to know uh, if what you are consuming is right. How much protein should you take? How much protein should you not take? Is it a protein game? It's a fat gain, or is it about carbs? What is exactly sports nutrition? And that's why I have with me Devesh Nihalni, who is a sports nutritionist. Hi, man. How are you? Hey, Rohan. Doing well. Hope you've had a good day so far. Yes, yes. A pretty hectic day, but uh, yes, getting on the mic is always fresh. Nice. <laughs> so I got in touch with Devesh a couple of days back on. Uh, uh on instagram and we just start started hitting off and uh, i had a call with him for more than an hour about nutrition i didn't expect it to happen <laughs> and i hope this episode is also quite fun as that call so i'm sure it will be yeah <laughs> so before we begin a small introduction about devish is that uh he has participated in ironman events he has a he's a certified sports nutritionist he is also a marathon runner and yes he loves experimenting with food and nutrition so devish what is your story a uh, small correction uh, yes. only because i know what it takes to get to an ironman i'm a 70.3 finisher not a full yet i'm working towards my full but not just there yet okay i hope 2021 is your year for the full thank you thank you so much and uh, besides that uh, i'm also current i'm just finishing off my postgrad in performance nutrition from the uk mm-hmm. and hoping to bring a lot of those learnings back uh, home to all our athletes in india and like looking forward to getting their performances yeah. absolutely top notch mm-hmm. so what is your story how did you get into all this uh things about sports and nutrition fairly uh, i don't know uh, w- one of the classic tales where i started off as a overweight and obese child hmm. uh, got into my 20s and honestly i saw that i have so many potential health concerns mm-hmm. that are coming my way mm-hmm. my uh, even within the family like everything imaginable i have in my genetics mm-hmm. so i wanted to make sure that I'm going to be doing something right for myself. I didn't mm. want to be at thirty and be unfit and like mm. not like you, you know just I, right. I did not want to be sad with myself or my body. And I wanted to be in good health. My journey pretty much started there, and I made a promise to myself that by the time I'm thirty, year on year, I need to be the fittest I've ever been in my life mm-hmm. till till that point. Right. eventually that got me down the path of triathlon and ironman yeah when was i'm like oh i i started my ironman journey about 3 years ago hmm and because then i figured this is an objective way of saying hey yeah, you know you yeah. finished an ironman you are fit hmm. and you've done it in a x y time goal yeah, right. so it's right. a good place to be and hmm. like you can't really deny the fitness you can't deny the deny the good health that comes yeah. with it hmm So that's pretty much where I was at, and when it comes to working professionally, yeah. Oh, uh, 
अब आई मैनेज टू इंस्पायर अ फ्यू पीपल अलोंग माई जर्नी हु वॉन्टेड टू नो वॉट आई एम डूइंग हाउ थिंग्स आर गोइंग एंड लास्टली नेचुरली स्टार्टेड विथ फ्रेंड्स एंड आई वॉज हैप्पी टू हेल्प दैम आउट इवेंचुअली फिगर्ड दैट this is probably a good place to be i could make a career out of it so let's do this like why not mm. so got myself certified under wearing bodies and sat down put my head back into the books after a few years of working right and yeah now here i am finishing off my post grad wonderful so for all the listeners out there who don't know the word sports nutrition how do you tell it on who is it for it is for anybody who wants to take the sporting game to a new level hmm if i had to give a one line answer for what is my job hmm it is to delay the fatigue of an athlete hmm fatigue is something you cannot do without right you need fatigue to have better adaptations to your hmm. training hmm and it is an inescapable part of training any sport be it boxing be it cycling be it football it doesn't matter hmm. at some point you will have fatigue my job is to have a nutritional intervention so that that fatigue comes as late as possible hmm. you can train as hard as you possibly can hmm. and you maintain good health throughout hmm. because if you fall sick you're not training if you're not training you're only getting weaker right right hmm. so the end goal is always as far as i'm concerned maximize your training adaptation mm. and minimize fatigue mm. delay fatigue as much as i can mm. so there is uh, also a thing where uh, no matter how much hard you train if your if your fueling is not right uh, it's just going down the drain absolutely mm. uh, a common statement i end up making to my newer clients mm. is i will take chris frum and i'll put him at the bottom of uh, any of the tour de france climbs you know be it abduez be it uh, the stelvio and mm. the giro whatever mm. if i don't give him food i don't give him water he is not making it to the top mm. right like it you could be ulit kipchoge the best marathoner mm. in the world like objectively so I don't uh, fuel him through his marathon attempt. I don't give him water through his attempt. He's not getting that two-hour mark that he's mm. known for, mm. right? Your fueling, your hydration, your food matters. Yeah, you can be the fittest person in the world. I dehydrate you. You're doing nothing. Mm. <laughs> right, right. So, as a sports nutritionist, what are some of the choices that you have made in your life that has been, you know, beneficial for your performance gains? follow the basics right mm. do not over complicate stuff uh there are a lot of fads that go around that you see people uh trying to follow and there's a lot of half baked knowledge like mm-hmm. uh th- there's this horrible uh issue where people over extrapolate data right yeah like you see a real a snazzy headline a clickbaity headline and you just roll with it yeah Nine out of ten times, or ninety-nine out of a hundred times, that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Or it is in a very, very specific, individualized uh, context. Right. As far as the rest of us are concerned, for the vast majority, you need to know what you're doing and stick to the basics. Mm. Stuff that I do, I make sure I get my protein through. I make sure I'm fueling for my rides correctly. Mm. I make sure I'm not overtraining. I get enough sleep. Yeah. and honestly that's about it have faith in the process hmm hmm like uh 
there are a lot of smaller things you can do you can get into supplementation do they matter yes but if you do not have your basics right none of that will ever make any difference right mm. I, if i give you a, uh, I, i'll give a trained marathoner or a trained runner a couple of supplements i'll probably cut back his 5k time from 20 minutes to maybe 19 minutes 30 seconds mm. let's say like for example mm. if i give those same supplements to somebody who's never run a 5k in their life even with those supplements chances are they will not be able to finish it in a good time mm. right focus on your basics like get your training going in a good slow steady manner yes. get the right kind of basic nutrition the building blocks need to be there mm. don't and the supplements and all the fancy stuff comes later down the road mm. So Devesh a lot of focus has always been given on proteins. Of course it's a uh, it's a it's an important part of the repair and building process but why is it so much exaggerated or how much is the importance of protein compared to other nutrients or are we neglecting them? So I I don't think the importance of protein is exaggerated at all to be very honest. I would first and foremost say that if anything I would say it is underplayed. Hmm. because protein is the building block of life that yes. is a true statement mm. you open any biology textbook you'll find that and without protein you cannot uh, adapt to all the training you have done it mm. is required for building new muscle it is required for building new capillaries mm. so that your uh, muscles get better blood flow it is mm. required for recovering from all the hard training that you've been doing hmm So if you do not have a substantial or rather adequate amount of protein coming into your system you will not be able to fully recover from and fully ma- maximize the training adaptations that you are looking for. Hmm. So uh, protein is definitely a requirement and its importance is underplayed specifically in the context of an indian diet why is that is because traditionally we are a very carb heavy society and culture hmm right and there's not there's nothing necessarily wrong with eating carbs i myself love my carbs and i am an endurance athlete myself hmm. you cannot do without carbs but that does not uh, mean that it comes at the expense of proteins because mm. uh, while carbs are a primary fuel while they're amazing they taste awesome and everyone enjoys having a nice carb heavy dinner yes if it comes at the expense of protein one you are not taking care of your training adaptations two you are potentially going down a path where your health is being compromised mm mm-hmm. and unfortunately that is what we see at a massive scale uh unfortunately it is not a matter of debate that we are not a very healthy country we are the second ranking country in the world in terms of number of cases of diabetes mm. that d- does not come where if people are fit if the people are moving around and if they're eating right that mm. comes when you have a sedentary lifestyle mm. and when you're eating the wrong kind of stuff mm So yeah uh, is protein important yes its importance is understated if anything hmm. now coming to the people who are fit and who are listening to this episode <laughs> yes what is something that you would like to tell to them on how can they you know get their balance right or build their base of nutrition eat as per your requirements right don't 
overdo the protein. Definitely do not underdo the protein. Hmm. Don't overdo the carb. Don't underdo the carb. Hmm. Though, if I had to give the simplest advice possible hmm. the, regarding your three macronutrients, right? Fats, carbs, proteins. Make sure every meal and snack that you have has a component of proteins in it. Let the carbs be as per your requirement, right? If you're going out for a small walk or a recovery run, you probably don't need too many carbs. If you have a massive five-hour bike ride, you probably should have some carbs with you. And let fats be uh, calculated as a remainder part of your caloric intake. Hmm. Don't focus on the fat. Like the focus on the quality of fat. Make sure it's coming from the right sources. Hmm. But don't focus on the quantity. Let that be the leftovers. The hmm. main calories should be coming from carbs and proteins. <laughs> right. That's a great explanation, Devish. Now, coming to event-specific activities and that requirement. So... Every event requires a different demand from the body and uh, the body demands different kind of fueling. What strategies can be applied or is there something called as food strategy like there is a training strategy? Absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, if I take Chris Froome and put him at the start of a Tour de France stage and not give him a food strategy, even he won't finish. Hmm. So, uh, if... Literally one of the best cyclists in the world will not finish. Who are we? Hmm. Right? Even we need that strategy going forward. Hmm. Now, what the strategy is depends on a bunch of things. Hmm. Who are you? What is your race day looking like? Yes. Right? Is it a short 5k race? Is it a massive Ironman? Is it hmm. an Ultraman? Hmm. Or is it one of the thousand sports and distances that come in between the two things? Right. Right? Are you a 100 meter runner? for example mm. or are you a marathon basically mm. now who you are what is your sport matters right the strategy changes for everybody now with regards to uh, our core audience today everyone's into endurance and ultra endurance right so i'll take a primary focus of that mm. uh, if you have any event which is greater than two hours greater than three hours on race day mm-hmm no one thing carbohydrates are king hmm. it is your primary source of energy hmm. you are not getting your best uh, uh, performance th- with any other macronutrient or with less amounts you need carbohydrates on race day how much you need depending on how long your race is uh, anywhere from 60 to 90 grams per hour now Uh, the average gel that we eat Mm. is about 20 to 22 grams. Mm. So you can comfortably do three gels an hour on race day. Or a lot of us use sports drinks. Yes. A lot of them are about 45 grams to be mixed in about 700-800 ml of water. Mm. You should be able to cover up two of those every hour on the upper limit of it. Now, I say this, but it does come with a caveat that if you're going for the higher amounts, you're going for the longer distances, Mm. right? Then you have to make sure that your fuel, your carbohydrates are a mixture of glucose and fructose. Mm. If you have only one of the two, you're going to have some gastric distress, you're going to start cramping and it's not going to be pretty. You will have a hard time. Mm. And... Uh, also worth noting two more things one 
the higher limits of this where towards 90 grams is only for the longer events if your event is getting over in 2 hours you can make do with much smaller amounts even 30 grams an hour is possible very comfortably and the second thing is train the way you want to race hmm. you cannot show up on race day and say today i will do 90 grams an hour and i will kill it hmm. it's not going to happen you need as much as you train your heart you train your lungs you train your legs you train your arms you have to also train your gut Hmm. If your stomach is not used to taking so much water and so much carbohydrates while running, hmm. right? While cycling, hmm. then it is not going to happen magically on race day. Hmm. You need to train for that as well. Right. So definitely train the way you want to race, hmm. and don't shy away from having carbohydrates. Definitely, definitely not when performance is the primary factor. Hmm. That's what going to give you the fuel. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. We were speaking in the last episode as well that we are setting some training goals for twenty twenty one, and for a lot of them, if all things go well, which I think it should, November, December, January. That's the time when the three major events take place in India. Right. Being the Goa N Man seventy point three. the deccan climhanger which is the mecca for ultra cyclists and the mumbai marathon or any marathon which takes place during that period absolutely so these are the goals which have been set now the training goals have the training methods or to build your training schedule has already been discussed in the previous episode how do you build your training schedule for the tummy it is important to play around your existing training schedule right you need to ramp up the same way you ramp up with the uh, actual physical training right so there is a entire fundamental thought process of training low where you specifically train the body to work with lower amounts of fuel so that uh, it, when it gets fueled it's like a booster shot right and you can go that much faster with fuel if you are managing xyz performance without fuel so there is definitely a time and place to train low and that is early in the season early in the off season right uh, that's when you start experimenting you see what your gut can handle you see how you respond to varying training stimulus with regards to your fueling strategies and as you come closer and closer to your race day suppose you're two months out you're three months out you realistically have only a handful of long runs and long rides left over right most of us stick to the really long runs and rides within the last two months of uh, pre race right and about once a week so that will realistically give you about 6 to 8 or longer training uh, like sessions those sessions are critical to try and uh, optimize your fueling strategy you start with a certain baseline and you work it up you see what works for your gut and what does not so uh, let's say you have a 4 hour ride you start by maybe the first time round you're doing that you maybe do all knee jerks you find out this is not working well for you next time you do only liquids you see that works okay for you 
The third one, you try maybe a mixture and you're like, this is perfect. I'm very comfortable with this. And this is what I'm going to do on race day. Then you repeat that for the next four or long training sessions. And that tells your gut, look, you can expect this. This is what we're going to do. Probably a little bit harder. And so that, then and there are no surprises on race day, right? Like nothing new on race day, golden law. So that's how you approach it. Like as your training ramps up, even your nutrition needs to ramp up with it. Right. Do you recommend using gels or supplements? Uh, supplements, of course, you mentioned in the past. Uh, but do you recommend using these chemicals versus the naturally available sources? If it's natural, what do you recommend? And uh, should you use it in such abundance? So one, uh, time and place for everything. Two, uh, saying it's a chemical and water is a chemical. So that is a very poor argument to make. Uh, now, you can say lab made versus naturally grown on a tree. That is a far better viewpoint to approach it. Sure. Uh, now, do I recommend uh, processed training fuels? Yes. Why? Because they're very convenient. And when you are concerned with optimum performance, nothing beats it. Right? Like it's it's just easy. You Carrying 10 gels or carrying a couple of bottles is a lot simpler than carrying bananas and dates and prunes. It just is. If, having said that, you can train your gut to uh, work with jam and jelly and bread and bananas if you want to. And if you are able to carry it, nothing like it. That's the best way forward. Right? Uh, negative of the processed lab made stuff is obviously it is expensive. And but you have to appreciate that it is made for a purpose. Yes, that purpose is race day. I will never have any of my athletes use products unnecessarily. So I will ramp up the use of products uh, and sporting specific uh, supplements uh, towards race day in the last two, three months, last four months, depending on what our goal is. In the start, we keep it as natural as we possibly can. The default aim is always going to be a food first approach. So as mentioned, the food first approach, if you want to fuel uh, entirely with natural food for your event, you do stuff like bananas, you do stuff like rice cakes, you do stuff like uh, dates, etc. Uh, anything which is naturally sweet or is a very simple, easy carbohydrate to digest. Now, this requires a certain amount of planning hmm. and it requires some work in the kitchen. Why? Because one, there is nobody alive who can look at a banana and say, this is exactly 40 grams of carbohydrates. <laughs> nobody can yes. say that. So you have to weigh it out because it's very easy to go over in which case you will get a cramp. Hmm. It is very easy to go under in which case you have left performance on the table. Hmm. You could have gone faster, but you didn't. Hmm. Right. So that is why uh, it has some work. If you're making rice cakes, it's a great place to experiment in the kitchen. You can add some caffeine to it. You can add dates to it. You can add honey to it. You can do jam with it, whatever you feel like. Yeah. But you have to weigh out everything. You need to know what you are having. Hmm. And because anyone who's been in a race knows that in the race you cannot think of anything when your heart is at 160 170 180 beats per minute your mind is really not working 
Yes. You need to go in with a plan that every hour I will have these three gels. Every hour I will have 500, 600, 700 ml of water mm. and so on and so forth. So you cannot wing it. Yes. Right on race day. You need to know what you are doing. Mm. So if you're willing to put in the hard work uh, in the kitchen beforehand, if you're willing to go in with the preparation, nothing like it. Mm. The gels come in, the sports drinks come in just to make life that much easier. Right. It is written on the packet, 22 grams, 25 grams, 45 grams, whatever. Yeah, so it's measured. You, nothing yeah, it's just that much that. easier. Hmm. Hmm. Right, got it. As a sports nutritionist, what is something that you have noticed uh, that people are doing wrong right now? They are ignoring their basic fundamentals hmm. and they are say trying to copy other people's homework. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody else is doing 20 hill repeats and is doing one gel an hour hmm. does not mean that is meant for you. Hmm. And just because somebody else is doing uh, 500 kilometers a week hmm. does not mean it is correct for you. You do not know how many years or months they have trained. You do not know what their dinner was. Yes. You do not know wh- what their fueling strategy during the bike is hmm. or during the run is. You do you. Hmm. Find your individual strategies, find your individual goals that work for you hmm. and don't bother looking left or right. Have faith in the system, have faith in the knowledge, trust your coaches. Hmm. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. There's always been a battle between vegetarian diet and non-vegetarian diet. As a nutritionist, you yourself are, are a vegetarian. So That's correct. What is your counter argument? And and uh, just before you start, a lot of this conversation uh, is actually originated from the gym culture. So, I think that's where it's come down to. Uh, uh, I, it now. is. It is. So hmm. I, 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 I'll touch on that briefly. So speaking about myself for just a moment, I'm vegetarian by choice. Hmm. Right. For me, it's an ethical matter. Nothing more. Right. And when it comes to comparing vegetarianism to non-vegetarianism, and let's throw in veganism also for that matter. Yes. Is it possible to be a healthy vegan? Is it possible to be a healthy vegetarian? Yes. There is Hmm. no question about that. That is a definitive yes. Hmm. Though, problem is that it is harder. Hmm. You have to be that much more careful with your meal planning if you are a vegetarian or a vegan. Why? Hmm. Because protein sources are that much harder to come by. And if they do come, they tend to be of a lower quality. Okay. Right? The bioavailability uh, of the protein in vegetarian and vegan sources is lower compared to the meat alternatives. Hmm. So basically what that means is uh, assume you are getting 20 grams of protein out of eggs. Yes. Right? Hmm. When you eat that, your body consumes those 20 grams and is fully utilized. Hmm. Versus if you are getting 20 grams of protein out of, uh, let's say, uh, your legumes, your dals, or your nuts and seeds, or, uh, you know, any plant based source Hmm. at the end of the day, Hmm. that 20 grams you are consuming, but there is a cost of bioavailability. It is going to be uh, probably your body can use maybe 14, 15 grams out of it. Mm -hmm. So you need to eat that much more in comparison to a non-vegetarian to maintain the same health. Mm. Now, when you're eating more, 
you will also end up having more carbs and more fats because you do not eat pure protein you right. eat food right hmm. when you are eating more your caloric intake com- becomes more when that becomes more you have a tendency to put on more weight hmm. so if you are an active individual who is comfortable burning off the extra calories yeah it is very much possible to have a healthy lifestyle being a vegetarian or a vegan hmm. but you need a little bit of planning in your day to day meal plan that is all hmm so what does your plate look like every day every single meal of mine my primary focus is my protein i make sure that there's a component of it wherever i go hmm right uh, so so even if, if it's breakfast i'll have a dal chula with some yogurt or curds hmm. so and i'll have a side of some nuts and seeds walnuts almonds hmm. so even the fats that i'm getting are good quality fats i hmm. take care of that Hmm. for my lunches i'll have some salad because i want that fiber coming in and i will definitely make it a point to have uh, either some dal or legumes or yes. some kind of a uh, paneer or a soya product or quinoa which is a fantastic grain should yeah. be used by anybody and everybody hmm. and uh, push forward with that my uh, evening snacks are typically going to be a mix of fruits or uh, maybe a salad or a hummus or and even if i'm doing a salad i'm going to be doing sprouts hmm. why because there is a component of protein there mhm personally i don't like green leafy salads i really don't <laughs> like it's too much chewing and i don't yes. enjoy it like hmm. i'll keep my green leafy vegetables in a cooked format for lunch Hmm. My dinners very often will have some amount of paneer in them. I may include right. a glass of milk there, hmm. and I do a lot of soya. Soya hmm. chunks are an absolute godsend for anybody vegetarian or vegan. Yes, the yes. kind of protein you can get out of that is uncomparable. It is in many regards better than your meat alternatives. Right. I received a very interesting question. how different is uh, the consumption or requirements for a male different from a female uh, those are in endurance sports such as we do not very actually so at the end of the day if you are going to be cycling 100 200 kilometers you are cycling 100 or 200 kilometers if you mm. are a man or a woman does not matter what mm. matters is how heavy are you right mm. a heavier person will mm. need to burn more calories because you're moving a greater amount of mass yeah. right like basic physics mm. so that is why women will typically require a slightly lesser amount of calories in life mm. right not only on the bike but when it comes to actual sport the yes. nutritional strategies followed by the two are exactly the same mm. there is no differentiation mm. now since we're on the topic of nutrition for women things worth noting are one due to societal issues due to cultural backgrounds and whatever n number of reasons women have a tendency to undereat hmm right that can imply that they are not getting sufficient nutrition off the bike they are not meeting right. their protein requirements mm. they are not getting enough energy to recuperate from a given ride or a mm. given training session they are potentially getting less calcium than they need for good bone health mm. and that can have a negative impact on their menstrual cycles yeah. and uh, speaking of they uh, very often end up having a low iron content in their diet hmm. so 
these are a couple of things worth looking at for mm. women make mm. sure you're eating enough to begin with and objectively a woman requires more iron in her diet due to monthly losses compared mm. to a man Hmm. while the rda the uh, uh, required daily allow- recommended daily allowances of iron for a man is about 8 mg for a woman hmm. is as high as 18 mg okay and that can be slightly difficult to get you need to actively look for it and if you are already in a state where you are anemic where your hemoglobin levels are too low or you have mm. other iron deficiency related issues then it is worth talking to a physician or a doctor or a nutritionist about potential short term supplementation hmm got it you mentioned to me on uh, on the last call there's a right time to eat anything so what is the right time to consume what my largest answer for that is always going to be whenever you're happy because at the end of the day that's what matters your happiness and your productivity hmm. now if i look at it from the specific lens of endurance sport that starts changing a little bit yeah uh i want to be eating just enough before a training ride i want to make it a little more carb heavy probably keep the fiber down hmm. and make it simple sugars so that and get the appropriate amount before a ride or a training session so that i get the intended uh, outcome from the training session hmm. after a training session i always 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 want to get protein in i want to get protein in so that my muscles can repair themselves and so that my body can resume normal functioning i want to get a little bit of uh, carbohydrates in just to make sure my glycogen stores start getting a boost nice mm. and early so that my body is in a better state to uh, attack the next session mm. now the amount of carbs i eat right after the training session will depend a lot on when is my next session is it in mm. the on the same day do i have only 5 6 hours or do i have 24 hours Hmm. Right? right if it's sooner i want more carbs because hmm. the uh, time right after a, a training session is a golden time for getting your glycogen stores restored and that is what you need if you are going to attack a second session in the same day mm-hmm. the sooner you eat after a session the better and besides that there's a concept called grazing right grazing eating uh, which is very common in endurance athletes where they don't necessarily have three meals in a day they are just constantly eating hmm right like a cow in a field is grazing yeah. a nutrition uh, uh, endurance athlete is just continuously eating through the day they can have like hmm. 8 10 meals and i personally adhere to that i am always snacking on something hmm what are you snacking so, nuts and seeds are a common one some fruits once in a while sprouts as i mentioned earlier mm. uh and depends on what time of the season i am in right now i'm doing one training session a day which mm. is relatively low load my body's used to working uh, 10 12 hours in a week and more when it's uh, you know well dd is season. coming close mm. yeah on season because a different fundamental so uh you are, and i still stick to the same principle make sure there's a little bit of protein coming in let it be a drip feed you don't need a giant chunk of protein in every single time you are eating something yeah right let it be a drip feed just make sure the total comes out right 
Yeah, the reason why I asked is because uh, when you say it's okay to snack in between or continuously grazing, so the quantity is also important. <laughs> it is. So uh, again, it and matters on what your goals are, right? Mm. Call it. I I put a little bit more emphasis on quality than quantity, especially mm. for my endurance athletes. Mm. For my weight specific athletes, it's a different game. Yeah. Right. Their quantity also matters. For my endurance guys, mm. I'm very confident they're going to burn off whatever they eat. Mm. So as long as the quality remains high, and as long as they are not going to absurdly high levels of food intake, I'm mm. okay with them constantly eating. Mm. I just make sure they eat the right food. Mm. I completely agree with your point. I've seen that, uh, or. majority of the endurance athletes have a quite thin structure or quite uh, you know lean right uh, but a lot of them also want uh, to have some muscle bulked up or they want to be in appropriate shape where they don't uh, you know lose on the speed and also have right. that great physique so how do you keep that balance is it just so, about training or is it or a large part also comes from the nutrition It's a mix. It always is. Nutrition alone yes. is never going to be enough for you. Training alone is yes. never going to do anything for you. Hmm. Training causes you the fatigue that allows nutrition to give you the training adaptation. Yes, yes, yes. So when it comes to muscle building for endurance, uh, one to all the athletes out there, to all the listeners, do not be scared of the gym. It is your hmm. friend, hmm. right? Know when to go to your friend. go to the gym in the off season if you are 2 3 months away from a race that is not the time to be hitting the weights that is the mm. time to be uh, fine tuning race strategies mm. but if you are a good 8 9 10 months away you can spend a few months in the weight room it's only going to be good for you you want at that time you want to put in a couple of sessions of weight training and make sure that the muscles have the capacity to uh execute the race day plan you are looking mm. at one year heads right you have your on season off season it needs to be cyclical mm. now the reason that is is the weight room will obviously add fatigue it's going to add to your wear and tear of muscles you mm. cannot afford to train like that when you're close to race day mm. because when you're close to race day all training must be specific to the race the gym is more of general training mm. as far as an endurance athlete is concerned let mm. that be after your season is over and uh, or rather in the off season before your next big race yeah mm. and as far as nutrition is concerned you are naturally going to be burning far fewer calories in the weight room compared to on the bike on the run and the swim or whatever hmm you need to accordingly pull back having said that pull back at the right place pull back the carbs which naturally happens because you don't end up having your fire rides you will not end up having that many gels and sports mm. drinks and bananas etc hmm whatever you do make sure you get the right amount of protein in speaking about protein speaking about taking in of that all that nutrition uh the requirements change with age uh so how do you adapt to that changes and make sure that you are having that right amount of stuff in your body yes excellent point rohan and that is very true that our requirements change with age 
टू गेट द सेम बेनिफिट फ्रॉम अ ट्रेनिंग सेशन एज अ यंगर इंडिविजुअल एंड ओल्डर पर्सन हु इज इन टू हिज और हर फोर्टीज फिफ्टीज एंड सिक्सटीज If they hmm. they they are are, still active and I hope they are, they require a larger amount of protein. So, hmm. and we are looking at anywhere from 50 to 100 percent more. Unfortunately, like the yep. initial chunk, the bolus that you take right after a training session, sh- needs to be that much more for the right kind of adaptations to happen. Hmm. And uh, fortunately, they can still have the same kind of performance. They can still do the same type, same. kind of training as the younger counterparts as long as they make it a point to get a little bit more protein and actively do what it takes to recover better because mm. by na- by nature courtesy their age they need more rest they need better higher quality recovery amazing you also mentioned to me that there is always a right time to eat to give the maximum output of that uh... input awesome place and there's so much so much to talk about here yes uh, I, i hope we have enough time so when it comes to coffee uh people and are typically in two camps you have responders and non responders hmm. and in your non responders also there are some people who become anxious it hmm. elevates their heart rate too much in which case don't take it it is not meant for you Yes. Right. Hmm. Like, if your heart rate is too elevated, if your uh, thought process, your psyche is going off, it is not good for you. Stay away. If you are a responder, then you want to be taking it about an hour before the start of your workout. Hmm. That is the amount of time it takes for the caffeine to truly get into your bloodstream and to be effective. Hmm. Hmm. Right, and it has. uh clinically proven positive effects from reducing the perception of exhaustion to stimulating your central nervous system to improving your metabolic rate which will allow you to work faster mm. and harder during a training session it is amazing having mentioned uh coffee uh if you are really looking to up your game with caffeine what you want to do, want to do is take a caffeine pill because for the same amount of caffeine when it is in pill form it is more effective than coffee mhm so 120 130 mg of caffeine in coffee which is what is typically found in a single serving of a pour over or a single mm. a black coffee single glass uh was is going to be less effective than a small pill you consume and are in uh, advance I was going to ask about black or cappuccino but you mentioned something else. <laughs> so black or cappuccino depends how many calories are you willing to take. Hmm. Before a ride I would stay away from the cappuccino only because it's got a higher fat content hmm. and it's got protein in it you know hmm. from the milk. Hmm. Fat and protein take their own sweet time to digest. Mm. it's going to sit in your stomach that can cause cramping before mm. a ride you don't want to upset your stomach mm. so keep it, keep it down to simple carbohydrates and sugars keep it to easy to digest foods mm. cappuccino is not really that easy to di- digest a uh, black coffee is 99% water Hmm. Right, so it's just going to pass through your stomach and hit your bloodstream almost immediately, and it will cause very little problems. Right. 
having said that if you're having your coffee after a session which is also a great idea because uh, it is a known muscle relaxant it helps mm -hmm. uh, quicken your recovery to some degree right okay then having a cappuccino makes a lot more sense because you want the protein there you want mm. a little bit of fat there it's a mm. good idea so mm. time and place for everything yep so what else in the kitchen that can be used when you're going out what else uh, one of my favorites is uh, eno soda bicarb ah the one that is used for acidity yes exactly that uh, it is an amazing tool which is just waiting to be used it's like this well kept secret uh, like you know uh, it deserves one of those ads where supplement uh, companies don't want you to know this it's one of those <laughs> Mm -hmm. because uh soda bicarbonate does a great job in flushing out lactic acid from mm. your muscles mm. it's got a time and place to be used it is not meant for every single session it is not meant for everybody again yes. responders and non responders some people get a lot of gastric discomfort and they get bloating with the extra salt content that comes in with it mm -hmm. right so if you are one of those don't take it If you ha don't have issues, it works well for you. Then go for it; it's amazing. So, what uh, happens when when you consume that? So, uh, it acts like a buffer, and it allows uh, more lactic acid to be pulled out of your muscles sooner. Mm -hmm. So that can either be used before a workout, in which case you can work at a higher intensity for longer before you reach a saturation point of lactic acid, mm -hmm. or how, it can be used later. How much before? you can go 30 to 60 minutes comfortably hmm and you can use it later to quicken your recovery to start flushing it out and uh, uh getting rid of the lactic acid through your eventual urination hmm interesting so again like i said not for everybody not for every session it is uh, got specific use cases hmm. and needs to be done in the right amount how much amount depends on your weight most supplements uh, the your dosage depends on your body weight and mm. depends on how much works for you mm. there are uh, clinical guidelines there are papers which say have 2 to 300 mg per kilogram mm. but you are not a statistical average you are an individual mm. so you may get enough benefit out of 100 mg and 400 mg also may not be enough for you per kilogram mm. body weight right mm -hmm. so i you can know ke this is a good ballpark to start playing with and then uh, change your dosage up or down as per your results hmm so eno is usually mixed with water so so eno is actually water. only half uh, or little less than half of soda bicarb hmm so uh, realistically you are looking at like 10 15 20 grams of eno to have be had in one shot with water to get that's the appropriate amounts of soda bicarb that's a lot mm. and which is why it can cause gastric discomfort for a lot of people mm. so you need to know if you it is right for you or not you need to experiment on that mm. and i'm sorry I, i missed out on talking about beet juice as you had mentioned yes. earlier beet juice or cut beet yes uh depends again or boiled if it's boiled is always nice uh if i'm sitting for a lunch i will have uh cut beet because mm. it's food i prefer eating my calories instead of drinking it hmm always nicer you you get better nutrition 
and if i'm before a race i will prefer drinking it it's easier and faster to digest hmm so context Smart. matters right there's yes. no single answer to anything and i see so many people at start lines downing a shot of beet uh and hoping for a magical performance increase hmm any performance increase those people get is only placebo why because it has been proven that for that beat shot to be effective it needs to be taken 2 to 3 hours before your race oh that's a quite a long time yeah it's huge because that's how long it takes for it to enter your system mm. and for the vasodilation to occur so that more blood flow reaches your muscles mm. right that's the basis of beet juice supplementation mm. that takes 2 to 3 hours wow if you're having it on the start line you're just wa- wasting time and money <laughs> so basically the mind is playing games uh, the mind is pushing you <laughs> and not the beat absolutely so save your money <laughs> yeah that's an amazing uh, hacks or i won't say hacks it's just something that is there in your kitchen and you need to use it at the right time it's amazing like you should really explore your kitchen and your pantry again depends on who you are what is your goal what are you out for are you trying to lose weight right but uh, so are you trying to lose weight in which case probably not are you looking to carb load before a race probably yes like it's a great place to be so uh, like let, let's talk about carb loading for that right uh, a lot of people look to carb load even 3 days before 7 days before and have varying strategies on how to best like top up their glycogen stores for race day for those who don't know what carb load is can you please tell to them uh, what exactly what is the exact purpose of it the purpose of carb loading is to maximize your glycogen stores which is your store of energy within mm. your muscle uh which is uh, which can be used instantaneously at a high intensity of exercise so mm. it allows you to go longer for faster uh, sorry yeah. Yeah, longer and faster so mm. it is the kind of thing you want to max out before a race mm. right more glycogen you have the better your race performance is going to be that is a direct a uh, objectively correct statement like there's no arguing there hmm right? it means pet mein thusna pretty much <laughs> but how much for how long yeah. there are there, you talk to different nutritionists you talk to different people there are about two three schools of thought on what is the correct way to carb load mm-hmm. right so the latest one which is uh, largely agreed upon by the international society hmm is you need one day of carb loading one day before your big event have mm-hmm. one extra meal which is carb heavy that's it you don't need to do anything extra and keep day your workout intensity low i will always say evening it works better hmm okay And there's also a school of thought where you should not eat much in the evening or you should eat nothing in the evening what i i cannot say that for an endurance athlete because you are mm. burning so many calories by default mm. that it becomes difficult to match your energy intake mm. without eating through the day mm. 
and your food timings matter yes but what matters more is what are you happiest with and what are you most compatible with right. are you okay and can you meet your nutritional requirements without eating dinner if mm. yes okay let's do it if no why bother like eat yeah. through the day and you can compensate when you're riding you will but huh. again the thought has to be are you looking to gain weight are you looking to lose right. weight what is the idea right that hmm. matters what is your goal that should be the basis of all your other decisions got it got it and that's and a great i'm sorry uh, yeah. one small other part uh, when it comes to carb loading uh, it's useful only for the longer events so okay. suppose you are racing a 10k foot race right hmm. Hmm. carb loading is pretty much useless hmm like it's not going to really have a, a large noticeable positive impact on performance mm-hmm. when it when does it make sense is when you're going up in time for your yes. event so if you're mm-hmm. doing a half marathon if you're doing a full marathon your half iron and ultra endurance swim uh, stuff like that carb loading makes sense shorter events not at all got it and uh, you know you have mentioned so many points about eating this not eating this uh eating in this much of quantity uh it just makes me wonder should i keep a sports nutritionist that will keep it in check or why should i, I since everything is there in the kitchen and this podcast is sufficient what's your take on that i'll tell you what i'll do you better i'll tell you why you should get one and why you should not get one okay right why to get one to know how and when to delay and minimize your fatigue to know how to recover faster to know and be able to adapt better to your training to get the maximum mm. bang for your buck you put in so many hours in training every week make yeah. sure you are eating right in a way that supports that training and allows you to be the best version of you that you are don't let your mm-hmm. hard work go to waste and most importantly to make sure that you do everything possible to keep your health and immunity as high as possible because yes. with higher training loads come higher instances of uh, cold and uh, urtis that is upper respiratory tract infections if mm. you are out with a cold if you are out with a cough if you have poor health you are not training if you are not training you are not getting faster so that is why you should get a nutritionist on board to make sure you are doing everything to keep your health and immunity high hmm hmm and and as said as i said earlier i'll tell you why you shouldn't get one if you are expecting someone to work miracles if you don't have a set <laughs> goal that uh, if you don't have an a race set up that uh, uh, you are planning on hitting so let's say deccan cliffhanger mm. come to me with enough time come to me 3 months 6 months 12 months before and we will maximize your performance the mm. earlier you come the better and make sure you come if you have the dedication if you don't have the real dedication to work out if you don't have the real dedication to stick to a training plan do not bother coming to a sports nutritionist okay, because talking about dedication hmm. uh, is is gulab jamun fine depends context is everything is it your birthday <laughs> go for it do you have a race tomorrow no weekly ones no <laughs> monthly ones depends on context what are your goals who are you are you an olympian not at all if you're a regular weekend <laughs> rider it's fine 
that's amazing devesh and i think uh, the points that you mentioned we can definitely up our performance game with the right food and the right guidance i hope you listeners have made a note of all the things that devesh has said uh, that's a great episode devesh thank you for uh, taking out time it was really enriching and a lot of unlearning from for my side as well and i hope the listeners also take a, a great note of it i hope you will be back because i i'm sure there are a lot of concepts and lot of uh, discussion which have been left out because of the time uh if you listeners have anything to say to devesh make sure you comment it in the description or you can dm us on hit the road pod or uh, d nihalni that is his instagram id let us know what you want more to answer and i'm sure devesh will be more than happy to join again in the next episode absolutely this has been ab- amazing fun thank you for having me rohan and i look forward to doing more of these episodes with you great to have you man and new listeners if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast what are you waiting for do it now we are there everywhere on jio savan gana spotify apple podcast you name it we are there and we are waiting for your comments we are waiting for you to share the episode so that more listeners more people can take benefit of this podcast this is rohan thakar signing off on hit the road india's number one podcast for cycling and triathlon enthusiasts goodbye